after these messages we'll be right back i can't believe i ate that whole thing are you in good hands and now a word from our sponsors hey everybody welcome to after these messages we're bringing you hot takes on commercial breaks of course we are we're here to talk commercials. We're talking good ones. We're talking bad ones. And we're talking about ones where people say weird shit like this. Of course it's cold. It's Jen. My name is Andrew Walsh. She's Genevieve Has. Hey, Vives. Hi, Andrew. Of course you're cold. You're German. <laughs> I don't do the best accents in the world. Uh, I was going to say, but I don't do the worst accents either. But you know what? Yeah, Jerry's still I, out. <laughs> it's not looking good for me. <laughs> All right, coming up on today's show, it's a song of ice. And that's it, just ice. Uh, we're just talking about ice. To, next week, we're going to look at fire. Yeah, when um, the Game of Thrones uh, finale is super old. <laughs> exactly. I know what you're all thinking. You're thinking we're just trying to draft on uh, the, the Game of Thrones finale that just happened this weekend. And you also think, boy, you guys are really late on this. Well, let me be honest with you. You're right on both counts. Well, I don't know if we're trying to draft. Really? Uh, honestly, Here's I... why we thought of it. No. That's why you thought of it. No. The reason we thought of it was because we need to record two shows tonight. We're going to release one tonight on Tuesday the 21st, and we're going to re- release one next Tuesday uh, when I'm going to be in the Australian Outback. Yeah, so the we're land recording, of fire. Exactly. We're recording two in a row. And so I kept on thinking, like, what are... I wanted to do, like, kind of a pair of shows where it's like opposites right like right salt and pepper salt and Bert pepper and Bert, exactly like we kept going around and around there you, aren't a lot of Burt commercials so. you, you wanted to do one with all white people and all black people I did. and do a black I, and white I, one i almost insisted on it <laughs> and i said i don't know if that's a good idea it reminded us of that what, what's the commercial we just played um, it last week again red house furniture red house furniture <laughs> furniture for white people and black people but pr- furniture for white people Pregnant, pause, and black people. Right. Uh, anyway, I, I thought that maybe that would be misconstrued. So I kept Especially if we through. split it up into two shows and we just did white people to start. <laughs> I mean, both shows would be, I think, problematic. But anyway, um, yeah, so that's how I came up with Fire and Ice. And then, I mean, I'm sure in the back of my head, it was because we've been talking about a song of ice and fire and Game of Thrones. But it, it was honestly the first thing that really led us here, I think. And maybe I was somewhat influenced by. And I still can't think of a better idea. So let's just go with the ones we produced. How yes, does that sound? Please. I'm actually excited about that. Yeah. I, I feel like it's like it, the, necessity is fire, the mother of invention. Absolutely. Um, and Daenerys is the mother of dragons. And we have uh, and we have a lot. Because as soon as I said that, I was like, of course, there are so many commercials that yeah. you've iced. I, I thought immediately of gum commercials. Right. What you call I mean, they did gum. an Ice and Fire commercial with Peter Dinklage for Mountain That's Dew. That's right, and, and Morgan Freeman. For, it was Peter Dink- It was Mountain Dew and like Doritos. Doritos, I yeah. believe. Yeah. And so, um, anyway, this is great, but we're going to do them one at a time. Today is going to be Ice, and the next week's show is going to be Fire. Um, so, let's do that. Let's get into it. I'm Mr. White <laughs> Christmas. I'm Mr. Snow. Do you know the song? Yeah, it's from like a, a children's Christmas movie, right? It is. It's called Snow Miser. Uh, it's it, Rankin Bass. They must be the guys who did a lot of those 
stop motion mm-hmm. holiday um, Christmas stories. This is from a 1974 picture called uh, The Year Without Santa Claus. Snow Miser here was voiced by actor comedian Dick Sean. He's too much. I never wanna know a day that's. Um, I thought at first it was. Um, the incredibly famous actor whose name I can never remember. You're going to have to be more specific. (laughs) Well, it always makes me sad because the first thing I think of is always um, Third Rock from the Sun, but he's also a... uh, John Lithgow? Lithgow. Didn't he sound a little Lithgow-y? Well, I wouldn't have picked that out, but Lithgow can Lithgow is multi-talented. It wouldn't yes. shock me to find out he he was like obscurely the voice of something like that. But it wasn't him. It was Dick Sean. Um, do you think it? Do you think I'm right to feel bad that I think first of Third Rock from the Sun? Because I mean, he's probably proud of that. I mean, it was a very big hit show for a long time, right? Yeah, I mean, it was a network sitcom that ran for a number of seasons, which he was the lead on. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's proud of it. It was a good show. I stand by it. But when when you kind of know somebody also is just like a, a he's also kind of one of our great actors ex- I think. a stage actor and yeah. he comes up from that um background but anyway the first thing i ever became the first thing i was ever aware of john lithgow in was his performance as the uh transgender character in uh, the world according to garp oh wow i forgot that he's in that i actually completely forgot about the plot of that yeah is that worth going back and either reading and or watching uh i think Want to say yes? I'm not a hundred percent sure. I mean, the 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 I think the movie probably stands up. The book I just I that and the, the we're not anywhere near what we're supposed to be talking about right now. But um, I get it confused with Hotel New Hampshire. Yeah, I mean they were he wrote them in kind of the same era. Yeah, and they we're talking about John Irving here, who I, I, I met. Not who, to brag. That's right. Not to brag. To brag. To brag. And you applied for a job with him, which I didn't get. Not but literally, I, not to brag. Literally, <laughs> that one's not a brag. But I did get to hold the Oscar for adapted screenplay that he had just won that year, which and was super fun. Tell him about Maggie. Oh my God! I'm standing in the kitchen, feeling very overwhelmed. I, I drove up to their huge house, um, kind of in up in Vermont. I'm like this, you know, 20 year, 21 year old fresh-faced, nervous. I want to get this writing assistant job. You had written your thesis. My college, my undergraduate college thesis on on some of his books. And in the process of writing them, I wrote to him to ask him some questions. And he said, sure, you know, I'm happy to answer them. And I also like interview students, you know, your age for my writing assistantship, if you'd be interested. And so, of course, I was. And I went up there and I'm standing in the kitchen while his current, his then writing assistant, a guy who was just probably a few years older than me, was sort of handling business and showing me, you know, to to the office where I needed to meet with John. And the phone rings and he picks it up. He's like, oh, hey, yeah, hey, Maggie. Okay, sure, yeah, I can put you through just a second and then click, you know, connect to John Irving upstairs. Hey, John, uh, Margaret Atwood's on the phone for you. Can you take it? And I'm like, my eyes probably fell out of my head and he, he, you know, he puts the receiver down and I said, so just to be clear, that was... The Margaret Atwood, right? <laughs> yeah, it was. It'd be funny if a different Margaret Atwood I know, I just, was called. I mean, I literally couldn't right. think of what else to say in that moment. I was just so starstruck. I uh, think that's probably why. I don't know if why I didn't get the job, but I think I definitely was starstruck. I was going to say, let's get real here. Why do you think you didn't get the job? You think you were just a little nervous, little just feeling Yeah, I think I didn't, I didn't put my best self. I mean, of course, I was. that didn't go horribly or anything, mm. but I think I should have been a little bit more um, assertive. Hmm. 
Well, if you had gotten the job, it would have taken you on a different life path, and maybe we wouldn't be here doing After These Messages together. We almost certainly wouldn't. And I will say, let's leave it there. It was a great show today, guys. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. We're here to actually talk about commercials, so let's do it. Um, Like I said, when I thought of ice commercials, the very, very first one I thought of was gum. I wasn't even sure what kind of gum. I just feel like there are so many gum commercials, specifically the kind of gum that you call Hurdy gum. Yes. Hurty gum. Not hurdy gurdy gum, but hurty gum. <laughs> right. Gum that's so refreshing that it's almost painful. Like we went through this. I don't know what happened. I've complained about this phenomenon yeah. on this show before, I'm sure. But something happened to our culture yes. in the 90s where we went from like double mint and yeah. gum is for fun. Everybody, everybody's having fun to, to suddenly gum like. Gum is for not fun. <laughs> yeah. Gum is for serious. Gum is for serious. I want to name the show. <laughs> I know. Gum is for if we were the kind of show that did like a quote from our show, that would probably be a contender. It sounds like something Doomgiss would say. Gum is for serious. <laughs> All right. Well, the first one that I saw actually does take us back a bit. This is from 1998 and is Dentine Ice. One thing that I'd forgotten about is Dentine around the same time had released Dentine Ice and Dentine Fire. Now, spoiler, I don't think I'm going to play any Dentine Fire commercials in next week's show because they really don't focus on flames and fire so much as eroticism like they're like they're so oh, fire in your loins type of fire <laughs> that, that's exactly okay. the kind of fire gum I'm is talking for about. serious is only is at least slightly less weird than gum is for sexy times <laughs> gum is for coitus like, you, know, you know gum is for coitus you know what doesn't go well with any kind of sexual activity some kind of sticky gum mm. like the possibilities for disaster seem obvious well to me. they're very steamy commercials for the fire uh dentine fire where two people will eat a piece of gum and they start making out as a matter of fact a bunch of them were aimed at teens one i remembered i rewatched it today and it's a boy and a girl they're teenagers and um i guess i, I think it's they're sitting in the living room and it's the daughter's living room and she's introducing her boyfriend to her parents for the first time. I don't even have the audio on this. I'm just freelancing here. But um, the the parents are trying to make small talk with the new boyfriend. So I hear you're on the wrestling team. And then both the boy and the girl pop a piece of dentine fire. And they just start making out. The girl jumps the boy's bones, knocks him over on the couch, and like starts aggressively making out with him. And the parents just keep on trying to make awkward conversation. And then the mom leaves the room, and the dad's like, so uh, I was on the wrestling team, too. And I had forgotten about that, but... That's frankly horrifying. I'm I'm 42 now. Like, when I was a teenager, I was like, I'll, my only reaction was, it would be nice to kiss a girl someday. Uh, that seems like how normal people act. I need to get some of that gum. But as a 42 year old i watched it and i was like wow that's making me uncomfortable yeah i first of all i relate more to the parents and also Mm -hmm. like what's wrong with these kids i know well they have no boundaries okay these kids these gum chewing kids today (laughs) here's a 15 second dentine not fire but dentine ice commercial from 1998 this one also has some uh kissing in it i believe if i recall um, a woman takes a piece of hurty gum out of her dentine ice pack, pops it into her mouth, starts kissing a fella. The fella's wearing glasses, and while they kiss, his glasses frost up. Oh, yeah, I remember this one. Dentine ice. 
Frosty outside, inside a chewing gum made to hold on to the cold. Dentine ice, now in cinnamon too. Nothing's colder than ice. <laughs> Not only does the man's uh, glasses ice up, but then he breathes a, a poof of frozen air, or frosty air out right. as well. I love the music. Nothing's colder than ice. It almost reminds me of... Isn't there a commercial now that kind of mocks that style of stuff? Like maybe the the little Dr. Pepper guy? Yeah, I could see uh, little, uh, little Sweet sort of being a, a mock, a joke about that style of commercial. Nothing's colder than ice really bothers me as a tagline because it's so patently untrue. Yeah, that, <laughs> Just right. the scientist in me really revolts. This next commercial you found, I don't know if I remember this, but this is downright terrifying. Yes. This is scarier than gum. Scare, more <laughs> scary than gum? And it also reminds me a little bit of a commercial we talked about last week in our uh, famous Batman episode. I'm just assuming it's famous. It's yeah. been up for a week, I'm sure. Yeah, it was, I about. was thinking about the one we talked about last week where the kid, where Mr. Freeze freezes the kid's family and he's able to get the drop on the ego waffle well this one doesn't have any kids involved it's like a young man or it's a, you know guy an adult man and he's uh working behind his computer it looks like in his home office right it's yeah. a little bit dark it looks like a nice office by the way not how i decorate it but cozy certainly got a dog on the ground there and then what happens um, I forget what happens first. But <laughs> I put you on the spot. He clicks on something and then um, he starts to become encased in ice. It is for identity theft or I guess something that maybe it's probably not for identity theft. It's for something that Protect protects protection, you yeah. against identity theft. Every two seconds, someone in America becomes a victim of identity theft. But you can stop identity thieves before they can act with a credit freeze. The really horrifying thing is he's watching his hand as it becomes covered in ice, like he's being encased. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of like a horror movie. And that's right. We, we um, talked over just when they're getting to the point of it. They're encouraging people to take advantage of a credit freeze. Stop identity thieves before they can act with a credit freeze. A credit freeze prevents anyone from opening credit cards or lines of credit with your identity. It's free and easy so, to sign up for. The music changes. We change scenes. It's now a nice sunny day, and a woman is hanging out on her nice wooden floor behind her laptop. Very different feel, as the music indicates, and she's now signing up for a credit freeze. But riddle me this. Mm -hmm. The guy who's getting frozen, mm -hmm. he's clearly horrified by this experience that he's having. Does that mean he's the identity thief? Because the credit mm. freeze is supposed to be a positive for the consumer, but he's sort of cast like he's the good guy. Yeah. So he's a victim here because I don't think the bad guy, they'd give him a nice dog like that. Yeah. Why would you give a bad guy a nice dog? And a nice house. Yeah. yeah. So he's a good guy. But so this sort of horrifying thing is happening to him to, I suppose, illustrate the idea of a credit freeze. That's a good point. But the credit freeze is the positive thing. That's a really this good point. This is a point. really dumb ad. They should show her, the person who's like, we see second, who's like, she's... She's protecting herself. By the way, did we say this is from the uh, Indiana Consumer Credit Protection Unit, I guess. It's either a nonprofit or a government thing. Yeah, I, I wasn't know. sure if they were a for-profit or if it was something that you could ask your the state of Indiana to do for you. Right. But yeah, so they should have her, the, the young woman, like maybe she's online and then she sees a threat and then, oh, it's okay, she's protected. Then maybe we see the bad guy who's trying to hack in he and gets he frozen. gets frozen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, like show me the show me the bandit getting frozen. Yeah. Or frozen out. Like, you know, you could have like 
the band the bandits trying to like get into something and then it's like encased in ice and he can't get to it and it should be mr freeze yes and they see if they can get arnold schwarzenegger what's he up to it should be mr freeze as a modern day criminal instead of like being an old-fashioned bad guy he's now a cyber but terrorist. if mr freeze is friends with ice then if you're freezing the credit He's going to no. be able to get around that. That's true. You can't fight ice with ice. Yeah, I, ice, ice, ice is friends fire. with ice. Right, okay. Well. I think we cracked this one. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think we still have some more work to do, but I'm not willing to do it right now. No. Ironically. Sorry, Indiana. Sorry, sorry to the good people of Indiana. Ironically, I could not find any good flaming Hot Cheetos commercials that have actual flames in them for our fire show but i did find one with ice and just a little bit of fire in it <laughs> for this episode this is a cheetos flaming hot cheetos commercial um and we are at some sort of an uh, outdoor festival uh in you know some sort of a winter festival and there is a news reporter there and she's interviewing or reporting on it says live from Nova Scotia by the way and there's a guy and he is um, carving something out of ice he's like carving an ice sculpture I can't remember what it is it's like a big penguin or something like that I'm doing a great job here yeah, I think everybody like, can agree I want to with say that. it's like a penguin or a dragon or an <laughs> it, Oldsmobile it might be a dolphin <laughs> um, anyway let's just take a listen this is from 1999 for Flamin' Hot Cheetos Ice sculptor Nicol Excuse me, ice artist. Artist is making a giant penguin. Oh, you were right. That's art? That's not art. That's bogus. <laughs> now, I, first of all, I don't know why everybody in the crowd is pissed off at it's this thing. It's quite amazing. It's huge. Yeah. He's on a ladder fixing the top of it. It must like be like two four, stories tall. At least yeah. you don't, four stories, maybe. Maybe. No? It's quite large. Um, And, and everybody d is mad at him for some reason. Now, they did portray him as a pompous dick there. Oh, Ice artist. I mean, fine, but like you're standing on the ground at the bottom of a 40 foot tall yeah. ice penguin. Like, what is your life so amazing that this doesn't impress you? Yeah. You live in Nova Scotia. Yeah. No, it's not. No offense to all of our Ernie's in Nova Scotia. But anyway, <laughs> um, as the crowd is uh, ungrateful, mumbling and grumbling, you hear somebody who's bringing a, a different kind of energy. Well, I wanted a dolphin. <laughs> I wanted an Oldsmobile. Uh, you hear somebody who's bringing a different kind of energy to the party because Chester Cheetah is about to skateboard, I guess, snowboard up. Ice skate? Something. That's bogus. Flamin' Hot Cheetos, anyone? Flamin' Hot Cheetos. So now... Um, Yay, he snow junk food! This thing sucks! <laughs> he snowboards up. All the people who were super unimpressed with this giant ice sculpture are now super impressed with the fact that they all have their own bags of Flamin' Hot Cheetos. Yeah. And they're eating it. And now I think what's going to happen is one or many of these people are going to start breathing fire and they're going to start destroying this beautiful sculpture. I shit you not. Eat them. Oh, Chester. It's purely Chester. Chester Cheetah breathes fire onto the onto the huge ice statue. It melts. Immediately. Immediately throwing I mean, throwing the art the ice artist 
off of his ladder and into a puddle of water. Yeah, because the ladder, if you can picture this, the ladder was leaning up against yeah. the sculpture. Sculpture immediately is gone. They like re- Drogon burned it. Like that was some yeah, super they should re- hot I was going to say they should reboot this with the Iron Throne. Yes, or reboot Game of Thrones with Chester Cheetah. <laughs> Either way. Um, I would kill to see John or Danny riding Chester Cheetah above Winterfell. Um but uh, it's yeah, the end of this happens really fast. So he burns the sculpture, melts the sculpture down, which also creates a hole in the ice. Ladder falls. Pompous artist falls into the into the icy water, which, by the way, is life threatening. Yes. And then all of a sudden, all these Cheetos eaters put up placards saying 10 out of 10. Right. Like they're judging. Were they going to judge the ice sculpture? Where are their markers? Were they ready to give the ice sculpture 10s? Also, why aren't these little cards they're holding, which are white, why aren't they covered in orange, dusty fingerprints? <laughs> a lot of questions. A lot of questions. A lot of questions. Not a lot of answers. Uh, all right. Oh, you want to get into these? I want to talk about Coors Light. Yeah, this is you. This was me. Um, so for a brief period, uh, the artist... Ice Cube, and I guess, I guess he's just an artist. He's a double threat anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm thinking. I do. We have it. What? What? Can I even say what it was? Because I can't remember what the origin it was. was. When, it was when Doris Day died. Oh right. And somebody on NPR doing a brief sort of like it was sort of an, a, a truncated version of the obit that they did. You know, they do a, a kind of a lengthy piece about someone mm. when they die like that. And this was like the newscast item that was probably 30 right. seconds. Right, it's probably 30 was. seconds long. And they referred to her as a triple threat. She was an actress, she was beautiful, and she could sing. And I'm standing in the shower <laughs> listening to NPR thinking like, I don't think being beautiful <laughs> is one of a, one threat in a triple threat. <laughs> That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. <laughs> That is not how triple threats work. No. Uh, anyway, so uh, Ice Cube, who is a double threat, triple threat, if you think he's beautiful, yes, which I do. He's beautiful. Yes. He's a beautiful soul. Yes. Anyway, um, he is was for, a, for a, I don't know, some period of time, the Coors Light spokesman. Um, and so these next two ads that we're going to talk about, um, uh, he's, he's involved in, in this one. He is just talking. He's having like a sort of a sh- like a argument or like facing down a bottle of Coors Light, which is in one of those tin buckets that you will sometimes see. It's like in a bucket of ice. Right. Coors Light is in there. And the thing about this commercial is, it was during that era when beer bottle labels had some sort of indicator on them yes. to show how a, old they are. It was a t- period of rich innovation in the field of beer bottle labeling. <laughs> yes, I can't remember if it was only Coors that did this. I, feel I like think somebody so, else did something. Later on, it was like the core, the mountains would change color when your beer is cold. Yeah, enough, how else right? can you tell if a beer is cold? Right. I mean, certainly, I'm. You pick it up and but you very, feel it, and it just you can't tell. I mean, Coors's whole thing has always been their mountain imagery. Yep. So this, so this idea that they're like, you know. Very cold, I guess. Is I mean, cold beer is a very appealing thing. But as we've talked about on this show, this sort of brewed cold thing is like just a. It's just like everybody's brewed cold. But this, so this one isn't one where the labels change with the mountains. They have something on the bottom of this called two-stage cold activation. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a still of it on my screen right now. And you can see one thing lights up when it's cold. And then another thing changes color. (laughs) I guess it doesn't light up. You know what I mean? When it's super cold. Oh, my God. And you'll see in the commercial that it goes from cold to super cold. Now, Ice Cube is so pissed off about this because... 
He's the one. Like, nobody's colder than Ice Cube. Right. Or so I thought. Now, people are saying that you think you colder than me. Now, I want to point out, they are in, like, a, a boardroom-style office, but clearly it's, like, Ice Cube's music label or something because there's a bunch of gold records or platinum records hanging on the wall. And uh, But it's definitely a workplace, a place where you'd have, like, a conference, and there's a bunch of a bunch of papers uh, sitting on the conference table, and then the beer bottle apparently creates a cold wind, and the papers start flying around the room, but Ice Cube soldiers on. Nice little trick, but those were some important papers. <laughs> I'm Ice Cube, and nothing's colder than Ice Cube. Now, the bottle gets so cold that... I guess it explodes well, it sort or of free- shoots ice it, all it over. It sort of him. freezes the desk around it, and then it, and then ice kind of shoots out of it and and covers him in frost. And Ice Cube thinks that he's been snowed upon. Did you just snow on me? Ice Cube is cold, but Coors Light is super cold. I hope you got a mop in that bucket. Frost brewed Coors Light, the world's most refreshing beer. I remember when that came out. We did not have a podcast. That was posted to YouTube, by the way, in 2011. I didn't know it was that old. But we certainly didn't have a podcast to talk about this kind of stuff on. But I swear you and I were like, what the shit? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't really do anything for me as far as like a commercial. I mean, it's kind of like I think my appreciation for Ice Cube has actually grown since this came out. Mm -hmm. I just am more aware of him and like his sort of uh, oeuvre, if you will. That's the first time anybody's ever used that word with that accent talking about Ice Cube's <laughs> yeah, work. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I so I just sort of like I have a slightly more positive feeling about it than I probably did 10 years ago or whenever this came out. Now, there was a follow-up one. I remember this one as well. Yeah. This was posted This one I actually kind of like the imagery of. Why don't you set this up? This is very visual. Yeah, it is very visual. Uh it's all you see at first is you're we're very high up in a rocky, icy mountain uh, range somewhere, and a fully you know uh, covered from head to toe in, in climbing gear and, and ice gear is a climber, and he's like arduously climbing his way, picking his way up this ice cliff um, until he finds a beer tap that's like in the rock uh, for obviously for Coors Light. Pours a beer into the aluminum bottle. So that's so he that clanking sound is it's like he's tapping a keg, only it's kind of like tapping a mountain. And yeah, now he's filling this bottle. And it's one of those, yeah, like you say, aluminum bottles. I hate the aluminum bottle. Everyone does. But they're often used in places like clubs where, where you, you don't want glass. people to have a lot of glass. And I think I get it. This is a little foreshadowing. <laughs> for what's going to happen, I think. So this climber is uh, filling up this and he Coors seems like bottle he's, can. Despite the fact that there's a Coors tap in the rock, he seems like he's a million miles from any point, anywhere. Yes, yes. And he's definitely done this before. Now he zip lines across a huge chasm um, wow. and then to another part of the mountain and he opens a door and into a club where, where Ice Cube is performing. Yes, and then Ice Cube catches sight of that beer and, bottle. Oh, he, he, he's gone all that way for one beer to serve mm-hmm. it to a patron in this right. club. And then Ice ice Cube. Did I say Ice Tea a second ago? I might have. Maybe. Ice Cube stops rapping mid-lyric and indicates to this guy that he would also like a beer. 
And he sort of signals, bring me one. So the guy heads back out to do this whole process. Like, dude, fill up a six-pack while you're out there. I just can't believe the writers didn't think of that. Like, (laughs) give him a backpack and just like, or maybe even like. But I love, I actually love this ad. Yeah, I don't say I love it, but it's pretty good. I like it. I think that visually it's really stunning. Mm -hmm. It's quite a long way to go. I don't know how they did the zip lining or how much of this was special effects or whatever, um, or green screened. But to my untrained eye, it's really impressive, like the mm-hmm. amount of production that went into it. It looks, you know, real, whatever that means. Um, and I kind of love the idea of a club, like a like this kind of underground music club that's just like buried in a mountain mm-hmm. somewhere. I mean, I mm-hmm. know, of course, it's just it's just a fantasy, but I kind of like that idea. And I'll say maybe this is too bold of a statement, but I'll throw it out there. Without this commercial, there's no free solo. This sets <laughs> the stage for free yeah, it solo. Was- uh, cliffhanger, right? Which yeah, probably came out before came this. Out a decade before this. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think you're right. I think without this, uh, without the enormous groundswell of support for this commercial, mm-hmm. there is no free solo. I thank you for having my back on that. Uh, you have a Nissan commercial in here. I have no idea what this is about. This is an ad aimed at Canadians. I learned there's actually a documentary, you know, like a five minute documentary or something about the making of this ad. But this is specifically for, it's for the Nissan Murano. It came out in 2015. And it is specifically uh, aimed at Canadian audiences to give them a sense that the Murano can handle the kind of winters that they deal with. Oh, okay. Now, I'm going to have to narrate it um, probably pretty much because I don't think there's almost any talking in except maybe for an announcement at the end. But there is... um, uh, a Nissan Murano is driving across a bridge. And this may be a bridge... That like a Canadian would recognize, like we. It would looks rec- like a very grand bridge. Yeah, like it's it's that it's it's kind of like the size and scale of like maybe. I don't know if you would say the Golden Gate Bridge, but something like that. It's mm-hmm. a suspension bridge, anyway. And so, so Canadian listeners, if you um, go to the website and look, at, go to the I'm sorry, go to the Facebook page and and look at this, you might recognize the bridge. It's a very tall, long suspension bridge. And as this car with a family inside it, uh, the dad is driving, is driving across the bridge, it starts to ice up and the cables start snapping and all the, I mean, oh. it really gets kind of scary, kind of like a, like a, an adventure movie, like an action movie. Mm-hmm. And all the other cars, of course, start skidding and sliding and slamming to a halt. But the Murano just like, you know, maneuvers and weaves its way through and it can, and it can gr- uh, grip the ice, which sounds like more of an ad for the tires. To be totally <laughs> honest with you. Here, let me take a peep at this. Whoa! Wait, did the bridge also sort of get personified there for a second? Or does it have two red fire eyes? <laughs> um, it does. There are two bright lights, kind of at the top of one of the bridge, one of the suspension towers, which I guess you could interpret as eye like. Wow! It seemed very. Um... Lord of the Rings. Well, there Lord for of the a Rings, second. like, and also sort of Batman-y. It's like yeah. you know, there's this big cityscape in the background. It's yeah. all gray and dark and misty. I'm kind of into this. I mean, this is so terrifying. This would be like a, the worst national disaster in a decade. So they 
Wow, that is so Batman-y. That music is so Danny so, Elfman. So Danny Elfman, so batman wow. Innovation that excites too much, I would say. <laughs> A little too intense. It's like pretty intense because like the bridge is literally breaking up around them to the point where like it's... I think it overshoots a little bit on like what an icy driving experience in mm-hmm. Canada is like, mm-hmm. you know? All right. This next one I'm going to play for you, Veeves. I ran across today and I really like it. Apparently it's still active. I have not seen this on TV, so it must be on channels that I don't watch. Like probably, uh, you know, during basketball related programming, which I don't really follow, um, but is for Mountain Dew Ice. And you have two guys on like some neighborhood basketball court. And one of them, I don't know who this is, but apparently he's identified as King Bach. He was, like he got famous comedian. on Vine. Okay, gotcha. So he's kind of a viral comedian guy. Uh, and he's one of the people. And um, he's, they're like taking a break on the basketball court and he takes a big swig of his Mountain Dew Ice. And then he says to his friend, watch this. And then he blows out after taking the swig. And he creates this like little, this small, like maybe let's say one foot tall, icy floating avatar of I think himself or just a a basketball player. I think it's just a basketball player. And it's like a hologram sort of playing basketball in the air between these two guys who are on the court. And then his buddy's like, will you watch this? And he tries to do him one better. And so let's pick it up there. Yo, check this out. So now we're seeing this avatar uh, play basketball. He's just kind of dribbling around and stuff. And now his friend's going to do the same thing. Big swig. Exhale. Now what he's created is a much fiercer looking basketball player who I think is a famous basketball player. This guy's actually wearing a Philadelphia jersey. Yeah. Um, and somebody named... Um, Joel Embiid or Embiid is credited on this. So I have a feeling he's a very famous, probably basketball player, NBA player. And I just don't know who it is. So yes, essentially he is a Philadelphia 76er and okay. he's a Cameroonian. Cool. So uh, essentially the first guy thinks he's all cool because he creates this little icy avatar to play basketball. And then his buddy creates an NBA star. And then the NBA star, our new buddy, Joel, just schools schools the original avatar knocks him on his ass literally and embarrasses the first guy who was drinking the Mountain Dew get up you're embarrassing us (laughs) welcome to the block party I assume that's Joel Embiid at the very end who says welcome to the block party if I'm saying his name right but uh, that's charming I really like it yeah I think it's very charming it it incorporates a lot of things we've talked about on the show including little guys oh that's right little friends oh we did did we do a whole show on little minis we did a a whole show called uh, say hello to my little friend Right about, about little about I little people about that not little people in the literal sense right, but yeah. like miniature people right. in commercials right and we called it say hello to my little friend yeah I should listen to the show it sounds you pretty know, you clever should. sometimes it, it's okay <laughs> I can't stand the sound of my voice um, this next one I'm throwing in here just because I wanted a different take on ice uh, this one. Uh, <laughs> features Luke Wilson. This campaign. Do you know this? Well, one of these, uh, I think, was a Super Bowl commercial. He did a close talker one. Yeah. he's. I think that was a Super Bowl one. Yeah. It's for this Colgate but he's Total their spokesman. Toothpaste. Yeah. This is a shorty. It's 15 seconds long. Um, Luke Wilson, I assume playing himself, is sitting in a movie theater, 
and he's got a big, you know, cup of soda, but the soda's gone, and he's just kind of doing what I do sometimes, tipping it up and chomping on the ice during the movie, much to the chagrin of the guy sitting behind him. I'm an ice cruncher, so I was excited about all-new Colgate Total. It has sensitivity relief, so I don't have to give up doing what I love. Aren't we lucky? New Colgate Total. Do more for your... And that's it. What a baffling campaign this is. So the whole premise of the campaign is he's Luke Wilson, or he appears to be Luke Wilson. He's a very recognizable face. And he's just an incredibly unlikable person who has a series of incredibly annoying habits that he is enabled in pursuing by Colgate. Do we want to? This is the close talker one. This was uh, this last Super Bowl. I'm a close talker, so I was excited about all new Colgate Total. Now we should mention he is right in a coworker's face here. This is like a cubicle farm type of workplace situation, and he's just like right up in a coworker's grill. Its breakthrough formula does more. Wonderful. Sensitivity strengthens teeth. It kills germs through my whole mouth. I like your confidence. Thanks, Mr. Lee. So now he's just doing it to everybody in the office. I mean, he's a serial harasser at this point. Now there's no such thing as too close. Yes, there is. No, there's not. Yes, there is. No, there's not. Okay. All new Colgate. Why are they having me like, I'm a farter. I'm a sexual harasser. Like, he's just such a, like, why have this unpleasant person? I'll never understand when brands do this. When they make their protagonist, their proxy for the viewer, Somebody who is absolutely intolerable. I don't know. I don't get it. And it's Luke Wilson who, like, has a lot of goodwill with me. You know, I mean, he's been in a lot of things that I love. I like him. Like, I'm prepared to like him. You know, he could, he's as likable to me as, like, a, not as likable as Paul Rudd, but, you know, he's, like, on the spectrum. (laughs) He's on the Rudd spectrum. He's on the Rudd spectrum. Um, Why take a character like that, an actor like that, and make him a villain? I don't know. You know, have Ken Jung. If you know, if you want somebody to be a villain, mm-hmm. get Ken Jung, or you know, mm-hmm. someone who's like f- sort of famously an off-putting yet comedic character. Right, right, right. Well, you know how I feel about that. Uh, what's my Silicon Valley, Silicon Valley dude's oh, name? Uh, TJ. Or not, not him. The, the oh, oh, um, Sprint guy. Right. Uh, what is his name? How am I forgetting? Thomas Middleditch. Thomas Middleditch. Um, they totally destroyed him. Is it Sprint? No, it's Verizon. I didn't even get it right. Yeah. See, Middleditch? You just... You yeah, just, for nothing. For nothing. Except a big pile of money. <laughs> and many, many summer homes. All right, let's wrap up uh, with this Jägermeister commercial. We've actually played this before on the show. You slipped it in here again. I love and it. And I'm glad you it's did. It's so hilarious. This is kind of like the German version of the Ice Cube club in the mountains thing is yes it's very much that it's this idea that um the the they really want their product associated with like super cold deep winter um this is has a more like sort of european feel it's obviously it's for jägermeister and it's like an it's kind of an underground ice dance yeah it's like a club where you envision like you know Russian sex traffickers have their own special room. That's what I think mm. of anyway. Oh, you know what? This this isn't for Jägermeister. This is for 
Russian sex trafficking. Uh, well, there's there it's cross branded. Oh, I see. Oh, that's smart. Say this for our cross branding show. Yeah, uh, it's weird. It's intercut with intense shots of the outside, like somebody apparently a POV of somebody like running through the woods frantically, or a car speeding down yeah. some German street. Meantime, we see inside this club where the walls are made of ice. People are filled with dancing with ice the, the walls are made of ice and they are impregnated mm-hmm. with hundreds of bottles of jägermeister and to get one of the bottles of jägermeister you have to physically chip it out of the ice with an ice axe so they they bring the ice encased Jägermeister chip it out and now this like extremely severe very beautiful blonde woman walks up getting ready to make a pronouncement about I guess whether the Jägermeister is like okay She appears to be dressed in um, either latex or leather from, yeah. from very neck BDSM. to foot. Yeah she has short blonde hair and she walks up to uh, where these people just cracked a a bottle of Jägermeister out of the ice. She's going to take a little taste. Oh, she doesn't even take a taste. No, she She does She puts a thermometer in it. And the thermometer, the mercury just drops on that guy. And it's very cold. But should I be surprised by that? I don't know. Let's find out. Of course it's cold. It's German. <laughs> so great. I love she the- does take so after the thermometer, oh my she God. slowly sniffs it. People all over this like crazy club are like waiting with bated breath to see what she has to say about this about Jaeger. Which is like the just the I, and I know what Jaeger is going for. And by the way, the name of this commercial is Be the Meister. I love this. I know so what Jaeger's going for here, but like they really took just they just took a flying leap to try to go from like <laughs> shitty you know shots at the you know at a, in dive bars and frat houses to like high end you know euro euro glam you know liqueur like it's just so hilarious that this is like the leap they're trying to make of course it's cold it's done you can sell All right, let's leave it there for today. We'll have yeah. to check out the ad council in a couple of weeks when I'm back from the outback. That's right. I know it's a bit of a shorty, but we need to um, compress our schedule a little bit here to get everything done. Uh, but Andrew, thank you for putting that show together. Oh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm really excited about the one we're about to record now, which you guys will hear in a week, um, uh, all about fire. It's going to yeah. be a song it's, it's of gonna fire. It's going to be straight fire, y'all. Ooh, I like that. All right, we'll leave it there uh, for this week, and we will talk to you guys uh, next week. Bye.